Hey there, Stephen. Hey there, Dustin, and hey there, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast and a reverent look at wedding photography. This podcast will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, first up on the docket, uh, we got some follow-up. Follow-up. Trademark John Syracuse. Several people have asked me if that local magazine that's charging the venue to set up the stylized shoot is including a note in the magazine that the post or the article or whatever is branded or sponsored content. Well, yes and no. First of all, Stephen, the content is not for the magazine's printed copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content would be for their online presence. Yeah. Um, and I actually, uh, I just got the call today from the coordinator that they roped into this whole thing. They brought a coordinator on board to do all the heavy lifting and the coordinator's not getting paid either? Correct. This whole thing just keeps getting more and more shady. <laughs> I know. And then they actually emailed me today about the behind the scenes video they want me to make for the shoot. Wait, and you're doing photos and a behind the scenes video. That's where I draw the line. Uh, so I, I definitely, I want to be paid for a uh, behind the scenes video because that's pure marketing for them. Yeah. But no, I, I want to have a conversation with them uh, next week about their expectations for the copyright release for the images or lack thereof, uh, personally. I want to make sure that they know that these are strictly for a singular blog post. And this isn't like an ad campaign I'm shooting for the specific venue. Now, that's a good idea, but better idea. Shoot the whole thing. Then afterwards, just send them low-res images with a watermark and say, if you want the high-res images for your blog post, here are my rates. (laughs) You bend them over backwards right there. Let's move on to the next bit of follow-up. Last week, Dustin, you said in your story about making a bride cry Mm -hmm. that she was meeting with you in January about a wedding in September, and that seemed like a really short engagement to you. Several people have reached out to me saying that this is completely normal and that you're crazy for saying that is a short engagement time. And uh, furthermore, I wanted to push out there that Jen and I, we found that for our business, roughly 50% of our clients don't meet with us until about eight months or less before their wedding. You mean you would say book with with you? Yeah. Or just meet with you? Meet with us for the first time in book. Eight months before their wedding? I just booked somebody last night for a wedding in June. Me, not Jen. And then Jen got a contact for the same day for her business. Mm, Start sending some of that my way, baby. Uh, Well, I don't know. So we're kind of coming, we're seeing sort of an interesting trend change uh, for us personally. And this could be because we've entered a new price bracket for our own uh, personal pricing. We have ch- started charging more this year. And so we actually have found a, a huge shift where people were originally booking us about a year and a half out. Mm-hmm. And that's when we were like the cool kids on the block. You know, we were we were hot shit. Cool kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese yeah, food makes now, you sick. And we, you think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer? I feel like you had that one rehearsed. Or you've used it before. <laughs> the lyrics i know <laughs> to a song i mean i just changed new kids on the block to cool kids on the block i'm sorry i'm explaining this joke to you it's okay break so it down for a white guy <laughs> nice but yeah so yeah i mean we're really used to booking about a year in advance at the at the late end so to book something eight to six months out 
for us personally, it does feel a little bit sooner. Uh, typically, like in 2017, we would have been completely or almost completely booked for 2018. Um, but since we made that price raise in 2017, uh, we're seeing that we're only about half booked, which is fine. I'm, I'm still confident that we're going to pick up all the weddings that we need through our amazing uh, vendor connections and uh, friends like you. But we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see how this, sh- it's just a, for someone who's used to booking a year in advance, this year is definitely uh, making my nerves a little uneasy, especially with all our life changes coming up this year. Yeah. It makes it a little bit more difficult when you don't know how much money you have coming in a year in advance. So I completely understand that. Yeah. Dustin, to get you through all that anxiety, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Anything? I am drinking hydrogen dioxide. (laughs) You know, Dustin, I can't believe I ask you every single time what you're drinking drink-wise. You don't ask me anymore. I feel so sad. That's because I know Stephen Van Elk is a great Indiana man drinking a great Indiana beer called... Actually, I'm drinking a beer from Michigan. It's uh, from New Holland Brewing Company, one of my favorite breweries in Michigan, and it's called Mad Hatter. It's a Midwest India Pale Ale. Oh, I like Mad Hatter. Yeah. I like Mad Hatter. It's a beautiful beer for a beautiful baby like you. I'm drinking water. Because my wife and daughter are recovering from the flu, and I've been caring for them all week long. And somehow, through the grace of God, I have not caught it. Everyone around them that they've come into contact with... So what you're telling me is that you're a carrier for this disease, and you're the one who's been spreading it. Secretly, I am just like wildfire. And I've actually thought about that as I've gone around town running errands this week, is like secretly, I'm just infecting everybody. Yeah, you, you got to stay home. You got to keep yourself cooped up. You're just spreading the flu. You're going to kill all of Fort Wayne. Yeah, it was... Which would be sad because Fort Wayne is a beautiful place. I don't know if you know that. That's just my position. That, and that is a position I would love to get in writing from you. Speaking of beautiful places, one thing I think we all love to do when we see a beautiful place, get that drone up in the air, fly it around, get some footage. So without further ado, let's cross over into... The Drone Zone. Everything looks better from a drone, Steve. That's your position. That's my position. The Wedding Photo Hangover podcast position. Uh, we're sponsored by DJI. Um, uh, we but actually that's actually this. digital juice imagination. Uh, we actually record uh, yeah, a copy a company. of this podcast in Chinese, um, just for our <laughs> Chinese listeners out there. We actually, um, we haven't been posting this to the YouTube, um, but we actually have two drones, one in Dustin's office and one in mine, <laughs> that are flying throughout the whole podcast. It's a real pain in the ass when I go to edit the audio because I have to get all that noise out. But yeah, we then post the drone footage afterwards of us recording the podcast. It's uh, just the easiest way for us to communicate. By far. So did you, you did you watch the video that I sent you from Casey Neistat where he compared the Mavic Air to the Mavic Pro to the Spark to the Phantom Pro well, see, 4? See, Steve, Steve I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real video enthusiast when it comes to drones, so I actually watched the live keynote uh, Ooh, that morning. Nice. Proud yeah, of so you uh, were watching the CES keynotes, Jose Clu- cued you in to what was going on jose was on the floor live tweeting me uh to my twitter account that i never check 
Um, yeah, how did you get was, that? <laughs> about what was happening live. We were a little let down, to say the least. Stevie's going to run through the... De- you you were let down by the Mavic Air? Steve's going to run through the specs, but I was hoping for something... I don't. They went in. A, they went in the different direction. So for those of you who aren't drone enthusiasts uh, like us, uh, so DJI's current offering is the Spark, which is sort of the the hobbyist uh, play toy of drones, and then they had the Mavic, which is sort of this middle ground, uh, ultra portable, but yet shoots really high quality stuff. And then they had their Phantom line, and I'm not even going to go past the Phantom line. Because it gets real, real crazy if you go past the Phantom line. Yeah, so the Phantom is what I have, and that's that's just, like, stellar image quality. So, like, to go backwards for me would be would hurt. It would be painful. Um, so that's why I've been so on the fence with uh, picking up a Mavic. And so I was, I was really hoping, though, that this thing that they were going to release was going to be that perfect phantom mavic hybrid that like it was gonna go up from the mavic not down uh so what they released uh which they're calling the mavic air is a a more i don't want to call it dumbed down because it still has a lot of tech in it it's like with apple when they they put out the macbook pro then they put out the macbook air and the macbook air is a smaller version of the macbook pro with less ports and less battery life yep so that it's just a simplified mavic uh that's smaller lighter uh, has uh, a similar image and optics, but Steve's going to run through the specs for you. I don't have the specs pulled up in front of me. I just have like what's different. And the biggest difference is the battery is smaller. It only gets 21 minutes of fly time compared to the Mavic Pro, which boasts 27 minutes of fly time. But it's fast. The Mavic Air can only go 6.2 miles without wind on a single charge, while the Mavic Pro can go 8 miles. And... uh the Mavic Air is a bit zippier though, and it can top out at 42.5 miles per hour, or if you're not in the USFA, 68.4 kilometers per hour, Ooh. while the uh, Mavic Pros top out at 40 miles per hour or 65 kilometers per hour. And both of them handle wind pretty well. What's the, what, what are we looking at for a price difference? Price difference, the Mavic Pro starts out at $999. Uh, most places you can buy it for $899 though. And the Mavic Air starts out at $799. Or at least most places you could buy the Mavic Pro for $899 around Black Friday. I got mine for like $750. But... So have you checked the, the price differential now that the Mavic Air has been dropped? I wondered if any of the Mavic prices have come down. Uh, other than that, uh, the Mavic Air can do HDR photos while the Mavic Pro can't. The camera is capable of shooting 4K video at 30 frames per second at uh what is it 100 megabits per second or something like that why 30 why not just i mean you know the science behind this why can't they do 60 they can do 60 frames per second if you go to 2.7k instead of 4k no but i want to shoot 4k at 60 yeah no can't do that but the mavic air can do full hd video at 120 frames per second whereas the uh mavic pro if you want that 120 frames per second, you got to go to 720p. So there's like areas where the Mavic Air is a little bit better than the Mavic Pro. But I feel like all in all, it's kind of a wash. Yeah, but the Phantom is still superior to all of them. Yes, the Phantom is superior to all of them, but it's much more expensive. I don't know. I You say it's more expensive, but $500 more for a far superior drone 
um, image wise. Uh, I just feel like that's money well spent. However, I, depending I on like the, the use the, case, the raw footage, the Phantoms image is far superior. I feel like when I see people color correcting, though, they can get the Mavic Pro to look very, very similar to the Phantom. Correct. I feel the same. But I, I feel like the Phantom's just less work. So, I mean, that's worth it if you do tons of drone shooting, because anything you can do to cut down on your workflow is better. So, right. Right. Exactly. I don't do a ton of drone shooting. I've, I've done zero drone shooting. So, <laughs> Mavic Pro for me is a huge step up, buddy step up but not up like as in flying because that would require you flying your drone okay correct just making sure we're all on the same page uh, <laughs> i was gonna go out and fly it today and then we had a huge ice storm in noblesville mm-hmm. so yep it's and my getting... son didn't have school and it's his birthday today so i just hung oh, out oh ian ian at steve's house one of our favorite listeners that yeah. doesn't listen yeah but i mean you know we're all good now so the Mavic Pro um, supports a 64 gigabyte maximum micro SD card, while the Mavic Air can support a 128 gigabyte micro SD card. And the Mavic Air also has eight gigabytes of internal storage, whereas the Mavic Pro does not. So Dustin, you have been talking about possibly buying a Mavic Pro I for know. when you're traveling. <laughs> yeah. Are you thinking so... now you would get the Mavic Air? Because if I were to buy a drone today, as opposed to when I bought my drone, Black Friday, I would get the Mavic Air. I wouldn't get the Mavic Pro. Yeah, it's definitely um, a toss-up because I still like the longer battery life that the Mavic uh, Pro Platinum or whatever it's called uh, offers. I was honestly hoping that this would cause the price of the Mavic Original, as I'm calling it, come down in price. Let's check on Amazon, the DJI Mavic Pro is now only $829, so the price has but dropped considerably. Boom. Yeah, so that's huge. So I might give it a couple more months. I have a wedding in Jamaica, potentially, in May. Oh, nice, buddy. Good job. I'm proud well, of it's, you. it's shooting, uh, second shooting for another videographer. Still proud of you. While you're there, just make a vlog. Yeah. Just, just vlog it. And you have your own footage that you can uh, show people. Log a day. Get that travel dust in life going. I always say I'm going to do that because I travel quite a bit and then I never do. <laughs> I still have a ton of footage to make a vlog about our trip to Sierra Leone that I haven't done. So yeah. Can't wait to yeah. shelf that for another episode. So the DJI Mavic Air, also you can fold it up and it'll fit into a pocket like in your... Uh, your pants pocket, not your jeans, because I know you like your jeans tight. Mm, mm, but if you got like some sweatpants or some running shorts on, you can just slide that Mavic Air into one of your pockets once it's folded up. So that's pretty awesome. I like it because it's when, I, when I'm going for one of those long mountain runs and I'm wearing my yoga pants, I can just slip it right into my yoga waistband. Right in the back by your butt crack, right? Yep. Right into, nice. the, right into what I call my other smile. Your side smile. And then I pull it out and I just... I get that little selfie action while I'm running. So it looks like I'm really active. Like, Hey, it's got that smile activated camera where I just do that little. But speaking of people who are active, we both did watch Casey Neistat's video where he compares the Mavic pro to the Mavic air, to the spark, to the Phantom four pro. And uh, we'll include a link in that because it's really crazy to see the difference in the picture quality between the uh, drones and the Mavic Air and the Mavic Pro, their picture quality is almost identical. But like the Phantom 4 Pro, 
is just so good looking compared to the rest. That's why I bought it. Just straight out of the drone, unedited footage, it looks so far superior. Well, that's what the sensor is so much bigger. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the spark doesn't look bad, but it does not look as good as the rest. But also, I, I was actually thoroughly impressed by the spark, considering yeah. it's only like four hundred bucks. Yeah, he he couldn't fly the spark as far out though because he forgot his controller. The spark's only four hundred bucks, but if you're going to buy the controller, it's four hundred bucks plus whatever the cost of the controller is. Like, oh, it doesn't come with the controller. I didn't know that. I don't believe it comes with the controller. Let hmm. me. Let me go ahead and look that up real quick. I know somebody who's selling their Spark to get the Mavic Air. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? Yeah, on DJI's website, the Spark, if you want it with the remote controller, it's another 100 bucks. So it's actually 500 bucks. So for yep. about $300 more, you get a far superior drone to that. Yeah, but I mean, that Spark, if you're just looking to get started with drone stuff and you have 500 bucks, or even if you just have the 399 and you want to control it with your phone, it shoots amazing picture quality for something that cheap. Yeah, my friend just got back from the Middle East and he uh, didn't want to heavily invest in drones. So he picked up just the Spark just in case he crashed it or something while he was over there and started a war. Why would you say that? Why would you ever say that? So he took the spark and he got some amazing, amazing stuff. So, Dustin, let's move along to our next topic then, unless you had something else to say about drones. I could talk about drones all day, all night. So, moving on, Photoshop ethics. Yeah, thoughts on Photoshopping acne in wedding photos? Do you do it? Do you ask first? I'm bringing this up because last week we talked about the fat shaming photographer. Mm -hmm. I've taken to calling the lady. And one thing I've seen a lot of is people photoshopping acne out. And there have been several times Jen and I have had clients ask us to photoshop acne out. So mm -hmm. we have. And then they've come back to us and been like, this doesn't look like me anymore. Could you maybe do less photoshopping? Leave some of the acne in. Interesting. So we don't photoshop acne out unless we talk to them and it is something they want photoshopped out. Mm -hmm. we, we typically are go-to is to leave it in unless they ask for us to remove it. But how do you approach that situation? Do you Photoshop acne out? Because there's a whole movement right now of people posting photos of themselves with acne without any Photoshopping and being like, this is beautiful. This is great. And I think that's really powerful as somebody who had really bad acne when he was in high school and when he was younger. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the movement kind of speaks to me and I feel uplifted by it. And then there's also the genre of individuals who are downloading these skin softening apps on their phones. Oh, gosh. And when I give them their photos, I notice that they're running the photos through that. Why does your face look all feathered now? Right, exactly. And fuzzy. What the hell's going on? I hate those, those apps. To answer your question, Stephen, uh, I do very minimal photoshopping and skin retouching on our photos the only time i will retouch uh, acne is if uh if i see the client has like just a monster pimple in the in the portrait session and it's like like one pimple or you know it's just so easy to take out and that i don't see as a problem because it's not like he planned to have a monster pimple on the day of his wedding he just got stressed out and it happened Right, he's not going to look back and be like, God, that was such a good story. I planned on telling my kids someday about that pimple I had on my wedding day that I was so embarrassed about. My photographer photoshopped out. I, when I had bad acne, I, it's always cystic. 
So it's the big monster pimples, you know? Mm-hmm. And on my wedding day, I, and I had like a big cystic zit mm. and uh, our photographer photoshopped that out, thankfully. But it was something Jen had brought up to him that I was conscious, of, self-conscious about. Yeah, I used to get, I get, used to get them on my temple. Oh, dude, I hated those. Those were always the worst. And I, I don't know if it's because I would like rest my head on my hand or I don't know. What, I think it was because you always like put your fingers to your temples and you're like, I just have to think through this. And you're like rubbing your temples back and forth, right? Well, I thought it was because I used to do like the psychic um, powers that I would kind of cast like, out to... bolts of like lightning and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Like, yeah. Through psychic, my psychic bolts of lightning. Yeah. So they were I don't want to mix up superpowers here. Yeah. That's, that's our other podcast. But yeah. So I actually like the week or like a month before our wedding, uh, I had it uh, surgically removed because it wasn't going away. Whoa. How long was it there? It's one of those where you just thought it was a new pimple or like it just kept going and coming. And I'd kind of picked at it and tried to pop it. For, this is really gross. Uh, and try to get rid of it to the point where it just was there for like. Tell me ever. more about that pus oozing out of your face, baby. Mm. There wasn't. There wasn't. And so you couldn't pop it. I went to the plastic surgeon and had it. Dermatologist. Dermatologist. Yep, that's where I went. And uh, yeah, he cut it off my cut it off my face. I was uh, not pleasant. And then I had a little crater there that I had to wear a little bandage and pack with all kinds of ointments to hope to God that a month from then my skin would grow back so I didn't have a hole in my head. Did your skin grow back? Uh, I still have a little scar there, but it was not as noticeable on the wedding day as I think it would have been had I left the giant ass little pimple bump thing on my head. Did people ask you about the scar? Yeah, I said it was a gunshot wound from my days. To the the temple. To the temple. A gunshot wound to the temple. Yeah. You're dead. You would be dead. No. That's why no. it's a good story, Steve. Because your psychic superpower saved you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was ministering to inner city youth, and I happened to have my Bible up to show whoa, them. Whoa, 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 whoa. And the bullet no, went through the Bible, no. and, and I had my, uh, my, golden, my golden bookmark in there. You cannot mix psychic superpowers with a miracle. And the last page of Revelations... And the bullet just got through the Bible and it slowed it down enough just to tap me on the temple to remind me of my mortality. You cannot mix superpowers with miracles. Two separate things. Just did. Just did. What, what, what? Super miracle powers. So what do you guys do? Do you guys just go in and just Photoshop the shit out of your clients' faces? And what, what's, what do the Van Elks do? I already answered that question, so I'm going to cut you asking that out. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Just move the question to where you asked, where you answered. <laughs> so the next thing I had in the do- docket for us is uh, on Peta Pixel, Peta Pixel. How, how do you pronounce Peta? it? Is it Peta or Peta? Peta Peta. Pet- I'm pedophile Pixel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, it's that's their it's, side site. <laughs> it's the okay kind of pedophile because it's P E T A F I L E, right? Uh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's just so many, so many files, mm-hmm. a, a peta worth of files. Anyway, a couple sent this. This happened in China. A couple sent a wedding photographer a thirty-page critique of their wedding photos, and I'll include a link to the story on Petapixel, Petapixel, in the show notes for you guys to click over and look at. Unless you speak Chinese or read Chinese, you're not going to be able to get the details of what's in the photos. 
but since I do, no, I don't. Yeah, we, Damn, we speak it. would have been awesome. Like I said, awesome we, we I record could've. this podcast in Chinese. So a couple sends their wedding photographer a 30-page critique, and they go through and they have put the rules of thirds onto, photoshopped it onto their photos, and then they've drawn sight lines on their photos and stuff. They've pointed out areas where a line in the background is crooked. They're wondering why it wasn't photoshopped to fix that. It is crazy looking. And one of the photos, they complained that a bridesmaid had her head chopped off. But the photo is of the bride getting a gift from, I'm assuming, her mother or maybe mother-in-law or something. I'm not familiar with the wedding traditions over there. An older lady is holding her hand in the photo. And it's clear that's the focus of the photo. And they have the rule of thirds line over it. Third line is directly on the eyes of the bride and the mother-in-law, which is where you want it to be. And then they're complaining that a bridesmaid in the background has her head chopped off. Mm. It's clear that they know something about photography. How do they not put this stuff together? Like the bridesmaid in the background, she's not important. She's the backdrop to whatever's going on in the foreground. Her face doesn't need to be in it. Just makes me think that maybe the couple should have paid a little bit more or uh, made clear to whomever they hired a little bit more the importance of uh, how critical they were going to be in the after photo time. One of the reasons why we do engagement shoots is so that if a client is going to be crazy, crazy, uh, as you put it, um, (laughs) yeah. Then, then we would, you know, hopefully weed them out through the engagement shoot process. And if they came back to us and they're like, um, in the background, the backdrop is a little overexposed in one area. And it's like, well, I expose for your skin, not for the... We want to we bring those trees about two and a half stops back in clarity. Uh, so on the wedding day, also, if you could use an, an ND filter, I think we could bring about one stop back on the sky if we use one of those gra- gradiated filters. Um, <laughs> I've got Prime on Amazon. I can get that to you. Also, I noticed you weren't using a battery grip. Uh, I, know, I know how important batteries are to cameras. I really think uh, perhaps that would be an option that you should consider. And uh, Nikon, really? Uh, not quite sure how we feel about that. But, um, oh, and I noticed in a few of the photos, uh, I had my phone in my pocket. Yeah. Way to go on that one. Way to tell me not to put my phone in maybe my back pocket or leave it in my car. But yeah, that, that was amateur hour right there, photographer. Glad we hired you, by the way. You, your wife was really great. Obviously, you're being sarcastic about this because you think it's crazy, too. But in the article, they talked about how some photographers were tearing this photographer apart for being upset that they got, you know, all this like feedback from the client and saying like they should be grateful because the client's actually giving them great critiques. Um, Unfortunately, I don't speak Chinese, so I don't know how many of the critiques were actually good just by looking at the photos. Yeah. I assume most of them were things like the bridesmaid head is chopped off and it's like that should be chopped off. It's not a part of the actual photo of what's happening. But then other photographers rushed that photographer's defense, it said on Petapixel, but the way they defended them was by saying that, well, maybe these aren't the finished Photoshop product. Oh my gosh. When I saw like that was how photographers were were defending this other photographer, I was just like, no, you guys got it wrong. The way you defend this person is by saying they did good work. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should uh, not be picking apart 
every little area that looks like it might be the tiniest bit overexposed, even though it's a white backdrop and nobody's going to give a crap if a little part of the white backdrop is overexposed. That's just me, though. That is just you, but that's why we love you, Steve. Yeah. You expose for the skin tones. You don't expose for the backdrop. So, uh, Dustin, the next thing I have is um, what do you do when other vendors talk shit about the couple on the wedding day? Uh, I sound. I mean, you guys, like I said earlier, you guys shoot a, a different class of wedding, a much higher end wedding. Uh, per se. So I think you deal with some more snooty vendors than uh, a small towny Fort Wayne photographers do. Oh, shucks. Dustin's just a small town boy. He's got that local hospitality, that rustic charm. Dustin comes into every single photo shoot he's doing riding bareback on a horse. With a pitcher of lemonade. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Holding apple pie in one hand. Apple critters. So, I mean, I, I, I've never had an, an instance where a, a vendor has spoken to the point where I, I thought I needed to say something, but I think you've had a couple instances like that, if I recall. We have had a few weddings over the past seven years where that has happened. It's been, it's been DJs, it's been wedding planners, it's been florists, it's been uh, cake designers, it's been videographers, it's been... Every single person you can think of that you might be working with at some point in time will probably end up complaining. And it's like, just do they complain at the actual wedding? When I've been a videographer at weddings, I've heard the photographers complain about the couple as well. But we, we've had a few times where it's been really bad to the point where like at one wedding we were shooting a vendor and I won't specify what sort of vendor they were, but they were saying something nasty about the bride and groom. And there was like an aunt and an uncle sitting at the table next to us while we're eating, overhearing the whole thing. And so like my default move when people start like saying terrible stuff about the couple or anything that's going on, saying like bad stuff about the flowers or the food or anything else at the wedding is to just say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't feel that way. And then I excuse myself from the table by saying I have to use the restroom or I have to go grab some photos or I have to get a drink and I just walk away and I don't come back. So like, that's my default just, move. You just ghosted them. Yeah. Cause if they, like, I understand people need to vent and like, I don't, I don't want to step on their shoes if they're having a terrible day and like, just call them out and be like, you're a terrible person because I understand people need to vent. I don't think it's appropriate to vent at the wedding though. And I don't want to be associated with that if people are venting at the wedding. Because that reflects poorly on me if I just sit there. There was a wedding we were shooting sometime in the last year where they started making fun of the bride and groom. They started making fun of the mother of the bride. They made fun of another DJ that we worked with on other occasions. All of the vendors except Jen and I were just bashing on these people. And at one point in time, the mother of the bride walked into the room and they were still making fun of the bride and the groom. While she was in the room, and I don't know if the mother-in-law overheard it, but she was maybe a foot away from the table while one of the people was still talking about it. And so I just stood up and I walked away because I, I can't deal with that on an emotional level. And Jen, Jen tried to stick it out because she didn't want them to think that we thought poorly of them or ill of them. So she hung in there and just tried to, her best to like steer the conversation back to positive things because Jen's a better person than me. Let's just, let's face it. My my go-to is dip, boom. Yeah, 
and uh jen jen doesn't dip like i dip she just uh she'll she'll hang in there and she she tries to bring things back to like a good place and it's i'm not gonna rag on anyone i'm not gonna say like oh that's so disrespectful people sometimes just have a really rough day and it's really crappy and like they just they need to say stuff like that and it's just really unfortunate because i would love to be there for them if they're having a rough day and be a sympathetic ear for them but when there are other guests around and especially family around it could seriously harm your business and give you a bad reputation so it's like one of those things where i want to be sympathetic i want to be there for you when you're having this rough time but i'm a dip you just gotta yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's my opinion how would you deal with that dustin uh, like I said, I'm a small town guy shooting small town weddings. Uh, everyone here is so friendly. So if that happened to you, this is what I imagine. You would pull the corn cob out of your mouth, stick a piece of straw into your mouth. Be specific, Steve. Sweet corn cob. Stick a piece of straw into your mouth. Take a sip of sweet tea. Put that down. Slam both of your hands on the table and say, Oh, shucks. Jebediah? We can't be talking. We cannot be talking like this about the couple. I love all of you equally. Jebediah, I'm pretty sure you're related to this couple somehow, some way. <laughs> Jebediah, you watch your mouth. She's your second cousin, Jebediah. So next up on the docket, Vivian on the Facebook groups writes, A local venue stole both our and another photographer's images from our social media accounts uh, uh, uh. and place them into a magazine ad. The ad cost them around 20 grand. That is one, one expensive ad buy. And Jen is now texting me and asking me why I'm talking like a hillbilly while we're <laughs> recording the podcast. So anyway, the ad cost them around 20 grand that this company placed into a magazine. And they didn't bother to get permission from either one of the photographers to obtain the images legally. Also, they use low-resolution images, and they cut off the watermark from the images because they were watermarked when they were put online. Illegal. And so Vivian originally approached the manager nicely in an email about this with some educational info about what they did and asked them to send us, to send them some referrals as a courtesy. And this is the reply that they got. I'm sorry. It was not my intention to take photos without permission. I believe the bride and groom sent me the photo, which I edited on my phone and sent in. I've worked here for 10 years and have not had an issue in the past. I did not remove your logo from the photo. The magazine did that. It didn't cross my mind at the time since nobody in the past has minded. I will certainly give you credit. I'm on vacation and will be returning to work on such and such a date. I have no problem recommending you. And then she writes, to be honest, after this email, I just want to send them an invoice for using my photo in the ad. I still have to verify with my bride whether she has actually sent them the photo, which still wouldn't give the venue permission to publish it. Correct. So, uh, all shucks, Dustin. Jebediah, what would you say to this? Well, in the uh, in the in the venue, no, the, use your um, hillbilly voice. No, in the venue, use, use your local rustic, charming voice. Come on, Dustin. This is what people expect from you on this episode. If you're not going to do voice work, 
How are we going to get swept up into a world of magic? <laughs> That's the other podcast. How will we get swept up into your psychic magic, Dustin? In the venue's defense, if I may play devil's advocate here for a minute. Uh, I'm sorry, but you clearly told me that the book of Revelations saved you from imminent death. So how are you going to play the role of the devil? Anyways, moving on. So <laughs> new, let's, let's just go to questions <laughs> and answers. Skip this. <laughs> moving on. Vivian, uh, to take the side, I always like to put myself in the other person's shoes here. So I think there's this digital revelation or revolution, revelation, revolution. I don't know. Uh, we're going through right now where uh, Facebook is making things so much more social than it, than things ever used to be. So I think venues have been doing this for years, um, like this person said, and no one's ever complained because no one ever knew that they were doing it. It was kind of like those, it's like one of those, if you don't know, it doesn't hurt you kind of things. Not, I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm just saying they didn't know it was wrong. And so therefore no one ever complained. But now that we live in a social media driven age where everything gets posted, people are getting caught for things like this way more often. So I am hoping that some good comes from this and there's education about copyright and usage and stuff like that. Jen just told me that I'm talking so loud in that hillbilly voice that I'm spoiling the whole podcast for her. So, uh, Dustin, if I can just advocate for the devil for a while. Mm. Get on there. Welcome to hell. It's me, the devil. Some call it Noblesville. Anyways, moving on. To say to somebody, look, we've been doing this for a while and nobody's complained is a really shitty thing for the venue to say. Because they're saying, look, I understand that what we're doing is wrong, but nobody else has complained, so maybe you shouldn't be complaining either. That's the implied message there, which I feel like is super shitty. Uh, I, don't think they're, I don't think they're admitting guilt that they did anything wrong. I, I think that uh, there's a lot of venues out there that honestly uh, don't know that taking images from photographers is wrong. But she said she sent them educational info to begin with, so... I imagine she sent them a chalkboard, and on the chalkboard, number one was, you don't have the rights to the images unless the photographer gives you the rights to the images. So now the venue knows, and they know that they're in the wrong, and that legally they're in the wrong, right? Uh, that's And their response is to say, well, nobody in the past is minded that we've been breaking the law and using their stuff illegally and not paying them for their work. So why do you? Uh, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> why do you care, Dustin? Exactly. I mean, haven't you seen studies where if one person or multiple people believe it, uh, then you're more likely to believe it? So what she's trying to do here is use a psychological tactic we use in sales, where if all these other photographers didn't care that we use their images, then, well, surely you shouldn't care either. Yeah, and I'm calling that out. That's some bullshit. Well, yeah, because because we're so smart, Stephen. We, we see through right through that bullshit. What was that? <laughs> That was my smart voice that I only break out in certain occasions when I really want to sound smart. <laughs> I would love to hear you talk in this smart voice all the time. I think it would really raise the level of discourse on this podcast if uh, people were to assume I was speaking to somebody intelligent all the time. So if you could keep talking in the smart voice, that would be fantastic. Oh, but you see, Stephen, I must dumb down the persona of these Dustin McKibben character you've had me create over uh, 
these many millenniums. I mean, yeah, we did workshop the Dustin McKibben character, and people did love your original character, um, who was American and talks like a normal human being. But I, you know what? We're going to have to take this one to the workshop. Um, if you're mm. listening right now, write in, let us know if you like what Dustin's doing with his voice, and we can have him keep doing this. Yes. All the time, Stephen. It kind of sounds day. like everything you're saying is coming out of your nose somehow. Part of my psychic ability, Stephen, I channel it from the forehead through the nasal passage and out my beautiful, pompous mouth. That's why you got scarred on the temple during the miracle, because it had to go from the nasal passage up back up to the temple. Your, your magic powers, that is. And the bullet that I was shot with actually came out my nose. So. Oh, so it entered the temple and then came out. It didn't just tap you and then fall to the ground like you said earlier? Well, it tapped me, went into my sinus passage, and then I just walked up to them and I just went like this, boop, and it just fell out my nose. I caught it. So I think Dustin and I both are in agreement then that this is a really crappy thing for a venue to do. Um, if you are a photographer and somebody is using your images, always reach out, always, if you can, do it in kindness. And if they come back to you with some bullshit like this, this lady had coming back at her of like, well, no one in the past has minded, so... Why? Why would you mind? That that can't fly. Just tell them, hey, here is uh, here's an invoice. Here's what it costs, and you can pay me, or I guess I can take you to court because apparently you have twenty thousand dollars to spend on this ad. So maybe you should feel comfortable about paying me a hundred, two hundred, five hundred, a thousand dollars for this. Like, geez. But Steve, let's take a step back here for just two seconds, okay? Ready? One, two. Okay, we're back. Um. I want this to go back to something. Stephen and past Dustin. We're both living in the past now. Exactly. We just freaking, yeah. Anyways, I bet in the future, future Steve is going to say some really awesome stuff about how this is bullshit, and then future Dustin's going to try to take us back in time to the past, and that's not going to do anything to cancel out what future Steve said, though. Now that we're in the past, that would be true. Steve, Steve, let's take two steps back real quick. You ready? I'm going to have to go in and edit this so that it's out of sync. And it's just like, it starts with you saying, now let's take two steps back. And then we say this, and then it cuts back to what we would have said. I'm not going to do that. Anywho, Stevie Pooh, come with me here on a journey. Uh, I believe an earlier Steven, a more wise, young, beautiful Steven. I'd like to meet this dude. Once said on a podcast, a very prestigious podcast. Uh, I believe the name of that podcast was The Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. And I believe on that podcast, Stephen, uh, we talked a little bit about giving images out to those who participated in the wedding. And I believe your stance on that, and correct me if I'm wrong, was non-watermarked, pure digital images sent directly to them. Um, so now I want to give the counter argument for you. So when the wedding coordinator or the planner or the venue, uh, you send that gallery off, they turn around, they go to wedding day, they go to the knot, they go to wherever, they pull out a 20 grand ad cover or back page of the magazine using J Van Elk photo photos. Um, what does that, what does that look like for you guys? I mean, technically you did give them the photos. Uh, do they need to come back again and say, hey, by the way, guys, those photos you gave us for free, uh, we want to run those for some promotional material. You know, I'll talk with Jen about this, but uh, clearly 
what we're talking about here is Jen and I are actually releasing rights to these photos for these people to use. And this person who is not releasing rights for these photos to be used. So they're completely different situations and you're trying to make them into the same situation and it's utterly ridiculous. Well, no, I'm using this as a learning lesson for the two of us because I'm wondering after experiencing or reading through Vivian's experience, if I need to personally pay better attention to uh, the way I use my verbiage when giving photos to venues and other vendors uh, to just make sure that something like this doesn't happen to me personally. And I was curious if you, I was giving you, Stephen Van Elk, the opportunity to tell me all of your wisdom on how you... Usually when you're asking for somebody for wisdom, you say, how do you do this? You don't say, you're wrong because you said this once before and that doesn't compute with what I'm hearing now. No, 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 Steve, 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 I throw you under the bus. I let the bus run over and then the wisdom comes out the other end. That is how you do it. Like a tube of toothpaste. You just squeeze. Wisdom's going to come out. Squeeze until the wisdom just finally just bloop, little nugget of gold under the under the rainbow. You got to be up front. Anytime you send anybody any images, you have to be up front about what their rights are, how they're able to use them, if they're able to print them off, if they're able to share them on the web, anything like that. You just got to be up front with people. Do you guys embed any copyright link um, stuff when you're exporting out of Lightroom? No, I don't think we do that. Mm. See, we do that, but I I notice sometimes Facebook sucks it up. Sometimes they, they don't. just depends on their Facebook's mood that day. Do you have anything else to say about that? One, one last thing. Vivian, if you're a listener of this podcast, I'd love it if you could chime in, uh, give us a follow-up on this. So, Dustin, right now, mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. Shoot and Share contest is going on. You're familiar with this? Oh, Shoot and Share, baby. Do you enter anything? I don't know. So I got the email from Andrew today saying, or yesterday, one or the other, saying that there were two days left to enter. I'm just not a huge... I've entered the last couple of years, and I see the stuff that goes really far, and I just don't feel like I have anything of that caliber. I don't have a drone shot over a cranberry well, let's, field. Let's, let's back that up. Uh, don't have anything of that caliber or you don't shoot that style? Uh, it does definitely seem like everything that wins definitely has a specific style. Everyone that is in the winter pool, typically I feel like they could be uh, in the same studio together. Yeah. Which, which is nothing wrong with that. That just, that just shows that photographers who are the my majority voting for the winner winners tend to favor that that style mm -hmm. which doesn't match my style at all so that's one of the things jen and i have struggled with too because our style doesn't really match the style uh as you've put it we're or maybe you've just said this about me i i prefer things that are very dark and moody like his soul yeah yeah dark like my heart um and the longer Jen and I have been shooting together, the more she's trended towards that, uh, that dark path, letting the dark passengers that reside inside of us um, from that time we both died and came back to life mm -hmm. and brought something back with us from hell, um, letting that shine a little bit. When I look at shoot and share, I don't see photos that look like my photos winning, and I don't want to shoot photos that are like the winning photos. So Jen and I talked a long time and came to the decision that we're going to stop entering in shoot and share 
And then today, Jen was like, hey, how about we enter anyway? And just, we won't <laughs> vote. We won't do anything. And I was like, oh. I was like, we can enter. There's no harm in entering. The thing that gets me is like every year I see a bunch of posts from people and they talk about how, oh, for the next month of my life, I will just be a voting machine. They're killing themselves for no reason. Why would you spend so much time voting when you could be spending that time with your family, doing stuff with your kids, like working on your actual business? Because being in the top 10 does not help your business that much. Being number one, that might help. I don't, I don't know. I've never been number one. Jen and I have been in the top 10 before. And it's not like getting in the top 10 suddenly, boom, your business just shoots to the roof or something. Like, it's just, it's another contest and nobody cares about the contest except for other photographers. And they're not voting when they go through and vote because they just, they want to see all the photos, all million photos that other people have put in. And they, they really want to get in there and like find out what other photographers are up to. They're voting because they're trying to get to their own photos so they can vote for themselves. And it's a brilliant move by Shoot and Share because it brings a ton of people onto their website and gets them spending so much time on, that, on their website, which is great for their SEO. But it's not great for you as a human being to be spending tons of time voting. So Jen and I are going to put some photos in this year and we're just not going to do anything like hands off 100%. I like it. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of the contest to begin with. I'm not a huge fan of contests in general. So Steve, would you say I should throw some photos in the contest? Why not? Okay. I'll do it. I think you should put that photo in uh, from the wedding I did video with you of in the arts garden. The wide shot where they're like uh, the two of them are in the middle of the giant circle that is the arts garden. Oh, okay. See, I enter those kind of photos all the time, and those kind of photos never make it because they're not that light and airy bride sitting in an ice igloo drinking hot cocoa with their fiancé wearing a polar bear skin. The fiancé is wearing a polar bear skin. The bride's typically just wearing like a bikini because that's what people vote for. Yep. I'm sorry, but I just feel like that's that kind of stuff gets so many votes. It's like, Ooh, they're so edgy. Do they have tattoos? Oh, I'll vote for that. Oh, is that sand? Are they in a desert with an igloo? How do they even do that? I want to elope. I don't understand how they're matching up the ice with the heat. It makes no sense. Is it an igloo of dry ice? I d that would explain all of the fog in the air. It's like their relationship, fire and ice. Oh my God, it makes so much sense. I want to be them. They should win. I don't care if I don't care about this photo of this normal couple in a normal venue in Indiana that just it's lit pretty okay. The editing's just kind of cool, but igloo for the win. If you're entering the contest, Des and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with it. At the bare minimum, entering a contest and doing well just makes you feel good. And if you enter the contest and you don't do well, you shouldn't feel bad because it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. It's not going to make or break your business. Don't spend time voting. You can spend that time making calls to other photographers, collaborating on stuff, uh, reaching out to other people in the area, trying to make connections that'll someday like breed like more business for you. And that's going to help your business out more than top 100, top 20, top 10, whatever. And, and who knows... We might have Andrew on the podcast to uh, run, shoot, and share. He's not coming on the podcast after this talk. So, <laughs> Dustin, we've been running for about an hour now. Uh, do you want to do, 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 do a question? I got some good ones for you this week. Let's do one. 
Let's do some Q&A. You know, since we were talking about drones, we were talking about video at the top of the hour. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Let's bring, bring it back it to videos now. A little bit of Q&A. Tacy from Facebook Groups asks... Ooh, Tacy. I just had my first consultation for wedding videography. I've done mm. photography for 10 years and thought Ooh. I would try video at a super discounted rate, being oh. completely upfront and honest with the client. I was just yelled at in a coffee shop because I told them their video would be about 10 minutes long instead of the full four hours I would be at their wedding. Am I way off base with this? So yeah, video is a, is a just like photo, video is such a wide range of offerings uh depending on who you talk to uh and who you like what you're after uh so the uh old older traditional style is when someone would show up with the vhs camera or the sony handycam more recently and they document the shit out of that wedding day and you got you got that little vhs tape or that little dv tape and that that was what you got um, there was very little editing done. There was, uh, if any, and that was that was your wedding video. And nowadays, uh, there is this this drive and this uh, this push for like what Steve and I do, which is that more cinematic movie trailer esque video. So so there's sort of that, and there's still those out there that do that hour four hour some if they're really crazy they call it a doc edit type type video um and so i think it's just an education like video from when i've started doing it is uh it's very much about educating the client um as to your approach as to what you do um and and why you do it why you chose to do it that way so if you're going to offer a 10 minute edit uh first of all if this is your very first video that a 10 minute edit is a lot of work so i just i want to warn you that that is a lot of time uh especially at a severely discounted rate um i remember my very first wedding video i did i i promised somewhere in that in that range of time as well and i was really struggling to pull out meaningful content for that amount of time so i found the sweet spot for us personally in our company is we we tell the couple they'll get somewhere between five to seven minutes. Nice. Seven being at the very, very top end if we just have the juiciest amount of content. <laughs> so juicy, it's dripping. Yeah, but... You're getting sticky just editing it. With Midwest weddings, we tend to land uh, content-wise somewhere in that six-minute range. It depends on the length of the song that you pick to edit to, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You do two songs, they average about three minutes a piece, we end up at six minutes. Yeah. If so. you could find two songs that were two and a half minutes a piece, boom, five minutes, you're done. Boom. Drop the mic, walk out of the edit suite. But yeah, to answer your question, Tacy, Tassy, Taki, Taki, I think it's pronounced Taki. Taco. Now you're making me hungry. I just assumed that's where you're going with this. I mean, I think it was extremely rude of your client to storm out of your consultation. Oh, they didn't storm out. They just yelled at them in the middle of a coffee shop. They didn't storm out. They stayed there yelling. Yelling is fine. Storming out, that would have been that would have been the last straw for me. Have you ever been yelled at, period, in a meeting? No. And I got to say, if somebody were to raise their voice at me in a meeting, I'd be like, 
Ooh, I know you hired me for photography and now you're trying to hire me for video and uh, I'm actually done. I'm not doing photography or video. Peace. And I dip right out of the meeting. I've never, I've never been yelled at. I've had one consultation for photography uh, where the father of the bride was like an extreme enthusiast of photography. And he sent you a 30 page critique of all your photos. <laughs> no, no. We ended up not booking with him. Uh, because I was very concerned about them as a couple. About whether or not their marriage would last? No, he like the father wanted to see my camera bag. He wanted to see my gear. Wanted to know how many camera bodies I had. Whoa, 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 whoa. I wouldn't pack a camera bag the way that you've packed your camera bag. I don't think we're going to be a good fit. You've got all of your telephoto lenses on this side. I would put them on the other side. I don't want them at the bottom of the bag. I want them at the top of the bag. So the bag kind of has a little top-heavy weight to it. I like a wobbly bag is what I'm saying. It's all about that uneven weight distribution that really just unsettles you enough so that on the wedding day, you're a little paranoid that something might break so that you really capture a good photo. Yeah. You, you want that bag that'll grab the guest's eyes and keep them from looking at the bride and the groom as they just wonder, is it going to break? Hmm. That's why we always bring a nice wine glass to every wedding and then set our think tank bag that's about 80 pounds on top of it. So that way when people walk by, they're like, why? Just why? So this is what I do when I do videos. I would say um, 10 minutes long is actually a really lengthy video, as you were getting at. Mm -hmm. um, I tell people they'll get a video between 5 and 10 minutes. And then I tell them I'm probably going to aim for shorter, like around five minutes. But, um, and I think you might do this too, I'm not certain, but typically they can pay to upgrade to like full ceremony coverage. And a lot of times I will add that in for free or I will add in like the toasts for free or like reception coverage. I'll do like all the first dances, stuff like that. Because a lot of times I feel like if I'm just delivering a five minute video that I'm not really doing enough. Um, and I know how important like the first dance or the father daughter dance or the mother son dance can be to people. So I try to deliver like a five to 10 minute video. And that's what I tell them I'm selling them when I sell them on the package. Mm -hmm. And then I try to over deliver, you know, under promise over deliver. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give them typically not the full ceremony unless they pay for it. But I will try to give them like full toasts, full uh, dances, and maybe like cake cutting or something like that. So that when they get like the video that I send them, they're like, oh, we got a lot more than we thought we were buying. Let's send him some more money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking for more <laughs> money. I'm, I'm looking for those recommendations, son. I, I want to help send his kids to college. Uh, yeah, if you want to help send my kids to college, that's Ian at Steve's home at <laughs> noblesville.com. <laughs> <laughs> at noblesville.gov. Uh, I'm sorry, noblesville.gov. <laughs> at at I don't pay for internet. <laughs> yeah, so to answer Steve's question that he did not ask me directly. I asked you the questions. We, we, do, we do include uh, the full ceremony, the full toast, and the full, uh, full cut of the special dances. Uh, so that's sort of my counter argument. When they're like, what? It's only like I'm paying this much and it's only five minutes long. See, I don't offer a counter argument. I just say, yeah, it's only five minutes long and I'm going to put more work into it and you will like it more than somebody who just gave you like a full day coverage because 
it'll be something so special and so emotional that it'll move you every time you watch it and you're going to want to share it with your friends and your family members. The the argument is typically not uh, not with the the bride and groom because they've already called me because they've seen my videos and they love them. Uh, the argument is typically with the the parent, and so they're like, "I just don't understand. You're there all day. What happens to all that other footage?" Oh uh, yeah. See, when I get those calls, I'm like, "You can just talk to my secretary, Jennifer Van Elk," and they're like, <laughs> "We've been talking to Jennifer Van Elk this whole time. Who the hell are you?" <laughs> so uh, so to go back to my point. Um, the question, or I should say the reply I give them is what, what are you looking for in that longer film? What is the, what is the thing that, that needs to make it longer that you feel is, is missing? And that's when they say, well, well, the ceremony, I'm like, well, I give you the full ceremony check. Well, what about the toast? Well, the toast, some of the toast will be in there, but I give you the full toast as well. Check. And and then I just I keep just kind of explaining to them why their thoughts are wrong, um, and correcting that. And so by doing that, I'm educating them. And then at the end, I they typically ninety nine percent of the time book because they're like, well, yeah, all of that that he is saying makes sense. Um, we're getting everything we want and more. So here's here's all of our money, Dustin. All of it. Just take all of it. My firstborn child. My liver, my kidneys, everything. Just make me a video, damn it. Dustin, I think I might need to start talking to some of your clients about their mental health issues. Well, we are from Fort Wayne. And about their physical health and how their their inability to just pay money might be hurting them in the long run. Like when they run out of liver or run out of kidneys. Bitcoin and body parts, that's our currency here. <laughs> I'm going to need at least a pinky if we're going to make this happen. <laughs> pinky and half a thumb and then you got that kill bill going on and you just cut off all the hand at the wrist and you're like oh you didn't read the contract i could miss by up to 10 inches without getting in trouble all right this has been a good conversations with you there steven thanks for uh, listening to another episode of the wedding photo hangover podcast with your host dustin and steve you can find us on instagram and facebook at wedding photo hangover and on twitter at wedpick hangover you can find dustin on instagram at dustin underscore mckibben and you can find Steve everywhere at at Stephen Van Elk. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being is aching for the sweet embrace of death. Mm. That's right, next Sunday, after you shoot another wedding. Have you watched the Netflix series Ozark? Nope. Oh my gosh. It looks dark and depressing, and I don't want to watch it. I just finished listening to all 69 episodes of the adventure zone and it was the most magical beautiful podcast i've ever listened to in my life i looked forward to it more than any movie or any television show i highly recommend everybody who listens to our show goes and listens to that i literally cried before the entire podcast ended while listening it is a fantastic thing if you can get through the first few episodes which are kind of rough as they actually like talk about the rules of playing dungeons and dragon which which is terrible and boring, but the rest of the uh, podcast, they do a lot of really cool storytelling and it's they make something marvelous and beautiful. I don't have time for stuff like Ozarks where it's just going to depress me. Okay. Make me hate myself. All right. Well, that was a good talk. Sorry I rained on your parade. It's okay. It's okay. I've got... That's why I, why I keep an umbrella over me. On a serious note, um, we've been seeing a few of the listeners tagging us to photos that they post on Instagram recently. 
And we just want to say thank you so much. We absolutely love that. From time to time, we might make fun of you. Um, but it really warms both Dustin's heart and my heart. Or Well, I'm mostly just my heart because I don't know that Dustin ever looks at anything on social uh, media. Well, Steve tells me about it and then my heart gets warmed and then I have to remember Steve has no heart. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why he tells me. So there's some warming going on. So I just want to go ahead and say, uh, if you start using the hashtag wedding photo hangover, it's uh, one of the many hashtags we use on all of our um, posts that we put on Instagram and uh, we don't do it on Twitter, but we do it on Instagram. If you uh, hashtag wedding photo hangover, if you tag us in anything, we are definitely going to look at that stuff. Um, we super appreciate it every single time. And um, I'm going to start looking at uh, photos to retweet or repost um, to Instagram and stuff like that. So Ooh. if you um, if you have like some business insights or something cool that happens and you want us to send that out to other listeners of the podcast for them to look at or just the myriad of random spam bots that I assume follow us, um, go ahead, tag us. Tag us, hashtag your stuff, and uh, I'll try to get uh, do a better job of uh, blasting some of that stuff out. Um, I won't get around to everything, but every once in a while I'm going to try to uh, put some stuff up. And uh, in advance, I would like to just go ahead and say thank you guys so much for thinking of us and keeping us in your minds and your thoughts and your prayers. Um, but if you are a spam bot, Dustin will call your ass out on the Instagram and then Steve will delete it. Yeah, because we're not going to be dicks to people on social media. Like, that's half of me on this podcast is just me saying, don't be a dick to people on social media. And then you go and be a dick to people on social media. Uh, I don't think it was a dick move. I literally we'll the asked you decide. if you were being a dick and you go, yeah, I thought that was on brand for our podcast. And it is. It is on brand for our podcast. It's on brand for our podcast for me to be a dick to you or you to be a dick to me. Not to be a dick to the listeners. What did I even say? I don't even remember. I don't know. You just called them out for using an auto commenter. Yeah, he said nice, like thumbs up or exclamation mark. I, and I just, I like to with imagine, my personal account, I just said, is it? I like to imagine he didn't say nice, but instead he said, nice. Like and okay, so then my reply was, is it? Yeah. With the guitar, <laughs> is it? And you were like playing the guitar and I was like, is it? And I had like and I had like a mullet with like a backwards hat on, and I'm like, but but is it? And the parts of the mullet is that you could see were kind of like feathered. And like you're also question. You're also wearing a tank top, and it said real big on the front. Is it? Like that's just all you say all the time, and that's your that's catchphrase. That's like my catchphrase. Yeah, Dustin McKibben. Just, is it? Like Starbucks. Like blonde is the new awesome, and I go, is it? <laughs> Like, New York's best pizza, is it? Uh, so, anyway, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, and uh, you go into Starbucks, and you make a Instagram story where you just say, is it? To the people at Starbucks, make sure you uh, tag us up in that, hashtag us, because we want to see that. <laughs> Actually, anything. You go anywhere in the next seven to ten business days, and if you do an Instagram story where you say, is it? I will be so happy. That will, that would be my life. Or, or but, better yet, but since or that's no, a Dustin McKibben yet. original thing, uh, you want to make sure and add also the hashtag Aubergine Honey Pot for Honey Dick. 
Dustin's favorite hashtag. hashtag. Hashtag Dustin made me do it. Hashtag honey dick. All right. Good night, listeners. Good morning. Good afternoon. Depending on what side of the continent, country, the world, you might be coming to us from. We appreciate you. We love you. We respect you. We think of you often. Good night. Goodbye, Dustin. Goodbye, Steve. With a pitcher of lemonade. Oh, shucks.